Amen, amen. Well, can we go ahead and maybe shut those doors in the back there? The kids are a little exuberant this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to continue, my brothers and sisters, with the... um, We've been in for weeks, it seems like, um, where... You know, what, what are we looking at? What are we seeing? God is changing us, moving us from glory to glory. So we're going to begin in 1 John 3, 2 and 3, which we should all know by heart uh, by now. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. Why? For we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as he is pure. My brothers and sisters, again, I know this is repetition, but man, I, I just, this is just burning in me and it's burning in me so that my brothers and sisters, I think in the church we need to really grab hold of this and we need to, as individuals, walk our lives out like this, knowing this, that what we see, what we continue to, 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 to give our attention to, we start to become. And, 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 and we know that because it's very plainly stated in Scripture. This is not a Tony opinion. This is not a medical science thing. This is not a, you know, a psychoanalyst. This is, not, this is what it says in Scripture. And my brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I do have this hope in me. What hope? The hope that I will be like Him when my faith is complete. When, as I'm going from glory to glory, that final glory, I will be like Him because I will see Him as He is. Amen. Hallelujah. I have all of this. I have you to fellowship with. I have the fellowship and and, and I have this relationship with God while I'm here. But that's nothing compared to what I'm going to have. Hallelujah. And come on, let's be honest. Let's be real. Some days that's the only thing that keeps us going. Come on now. Hallelujah. So sometimes, you know, that's I'm just going to have to do this. You know, sometimes that's all. That's what being uh, brothers and sisters and loving each other. And like I said to you during prayer time, just seeing that man in the morning, seeing another. Sometimes that's all it takes to remind me because my problems, because of my situation, because I'm busy. The enemy, my soul, is trying to distract me. You know what? The kids are acting a fool. The boss is all over me. It just seems like everything is piling in and piling up. But, but then I see that one person who God has put in my path, and He reminds me, look at me, Tony. Look at the face of Jesus, Tony. Hallelujah! I have that right here, right now, because I'm in relationship with Him, and I'm in relationship with you. Isn't that great? But but why don't we take full advantage of it? I don't know. Our God has given us spiritual eyes to see. Remember that video I showed you when we started this, this you know, where that guy was colorblind, he wore those special glasses? That was the, I looked at a lot of them to share with you. That was absolutely the best one. I was going to show it to you again, and I may show it to you another day. But I, that, it just, if, you, if that didn't bring a lump to your throat or a tear to your eye, you need to get saved, I'm just telling you. Man, because we remember when he put on those glasses, and you see his reaction? And then he started to tear, he started to cry, he couldn't believe it. He, he's t- putting them on, t- you know, taking them off, putting them on, and he's... My brothers and sisters, that's the way our God has blessed us. He's given us eyes to see. And remember that story that I shared with you where Jesus is walking with his disciples and and they said, was this man blind because of his sin? Neither. So that God be glorified. 
And do you see how that man must have blessed God each and every day because now he's living a life seeing things for the very first time and just, can you imagine the awe and wonder that he lived his life? Can you imagine the thanksgiving that he had toward Christ for opening up his eyes? My brothers and sisters, that's the same thing that we need to have. He's opened up our spiritual eyes. He allows us to receive him, to see who he is, to receive truth. Hallelujah. But I think, you know, as Christians, we got to be careful that we don't get relaxed and, and take that kind of stuff for granted. It's huge. But remember, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So me looking upon the Lord and the spiritual ability that God has given me, the, the eyes to see, now I'm seeing Jesus, and as I'm walking this life, looking at Jesus, keeping His life ever before me, I'm being transformed from glory to glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I just want to remember, uh, I, excuse me, I just want to remind you of some of the places we've been during this series. Uh, he's led us over the past few weeks, He the Holy Spirit. Remember now, uh, in Colossians, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So when we're looking at Jesus and we're being transformed, we're being transformed not into uh, you know, some abstract or some you know, clay pot, although we are like a clay pot. Not just that. It is, remember, and and we've been here for so long, for so many weeks, both on Wednesdays, specifically on Wednesdays, but God has pumped me and pounded me. We are created, men and women, humans are created in the image of God. So God is, is transforming us into Jesus, the image of the invisible God. And not just that we look like Him bodily, but we have his characteristics and character. We have his virtue, his, his attributes. Amen? We are able then to, listen, to freely, freely give love. Right? By, because he's placed it in us, now we can give it. We choose. We're committed to. Come on. He is before all things, and in Him, this is verse 17 of Colossians 1, just listen to me, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He, Jesus, may have the preeminence. You see? Jesus needs to have preeminence. Remember that? That Sunday that we shared that? The Holy Spirit... Jesus must be preeminent. He must be before all things in our life. That's how this transformation takes place. That's how we go from glory to glory. Jesus must be the most important thing to us. Amen? Amen. All right. And then you also remember, my brothers and sisters, when we were in 1 Peter, in the very beginning we talked about it, and then you know, we kind of carried this scripture with us. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. See, this is sowing to us. This is what God's vision for us is. This is what we should look like as we're occupying planet Earth. Like what? His royal priesthood. And remember what he taught us through that. You know, we went back and we remember what Moses... uh, was instructed by God, 
get the artisans and make sure that the Levites wear this specific garment. There was no question when a priest was walking among different peoples, different tribes. Those people, the priests looked totally different. They were totally distinguishable among all of the other tribes. Why? That's the way God intended it, right? So that is the way God intends for you and I to be. How does God see us? What's God's vision for us? Are are you with me? All right, stay with me. But in verse 11, it says, this is the issue for us. In verse 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Galatians 5, 16, Walk in the Spirit that you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. See, it's all about the flesh and the things of this world, the realm, the physical realm that trips us up, gets in the way, becomes the issue. We know what God's vision for, is for us. We know He has a plan and a purpose for us. And we know that we're supposed to be distinguishable among any other of the peoples of the earth as His people, His royal priesthood, His chosen generation, His own special people. Amen? We, sh- we should be distinguishable. But when we are not ever looking in the face of Jesus, when we start walking according to the things that have our attention, walking according to the flesh, we no longer look like God's distinguishable people. We look like almost everybody else. Remember that scripture, John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Everything that I am must be following God. My heart, it's, this is not, it's walking in the Spirit, capital S, but walking by the Spirit. And my spirit submitted to His. My whole heart, my thought, everything that I am, I'm walking in conjunction or in lockstep with His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing me, but my heart is after Him. Are you with me? God is spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? So, so very simply, we should be living out the revelation that God has given us. Isn't that right? And this is not any new revelation for you this morning. This is something that you knew, something that we've shared together many times, and something that should be ever before us. But this is something that was understood by David, the Old Testament saint. If you'll remember last week or the week before, they're all running together right now. Remember, I think it was two weeks ago, where um, you know David, as, as a young shepherd boy, is going uh, to, to get his brothers the food uh, that his father commanded to take to his brothers as they were serving in King Saul's army. And when he goes up there, they're cowering in fear because of Goliath standing in the valley. So they see this nine and a half foot giant and they're all cowering in fear and David is saying, what's going on? And so remember, David became indignant, right? Why? Because when they saw, they saw and they acted according to fear, according to human nature, according to what they saw in the natural. When David looked, he acted according to the spiritual realm. He acted according to the spirit because of his, listen, because of his relationship with God because of his experience with God. And remember what he said. I'm not trying to re-preach everything, but I want to make sure that we're all here. My brothers and sisters, David did not 
act according to what his eyes saw. David act according to what the Spirit of God saw. And my brothers and sisters, because he was walking in the Spirit, because he was walking according to God's Spirit, because he had, listen, he had revelation from God, he had relationship. That's where the revelation came from. You cannot have revelation without relationship. He had relationship with God, so he got revelation from God. And he had experience with the power of God flowing through him because of his relationship. What did he say? The lion and the bear I took care of by the strength and the power of God. And this day, I'm going to treat you like that lion and that bear. Hallelujah. He didn't look at Goliath as everyone else. He didn't see Goliath as they did. He saw him through the eyes of the Spirit and because of his relationship that he had with God. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then, even last week, now we look at what affects us or what we see can affect how we see ourselves. Remember last week it was, you know, the children of Israel as they're, you know, going, uh, they send the spies in to the promised land where God has promised them, that's your land. You know, they go in there, the spies come back, they give a bad report and all of Israel cries all night because there's giants in there and when, you know, and because there's giants in there, because we see them as giants, because we don't see them as God told us it would be, we're seeing what we see with the natural eye Now we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And because we see ourselves as grasshoppers, that's what we are. We're not going to be effective. We can't be effective. But Joshua and Caleb saw it otherwise. So if you remember that last week. So look, what we see affects us on so many levels. What we set our eyes upon, what we focus on, it, it, it affects us on so many levals. And it can stymie us and, and, and it, it, could, it, could, it, it robs us. Today, I, I really feel led that I'm going to speak to you or the Holy Spirit hopefully will speak through me about being single-minded, being determined, staying focused on Jesus, keeping our focus on Jesus and being single-minded, being determined about it. I'm going to read to you right now, and I think it will be up there, Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that so neat? You know, this is instructive. Man, we sing to Him, we praise Him, and we seek, we get in front of Him by praising Him and worshiping, showing, showing Him our adoration. And we, we are strengthened by that. We're seeking Him through praise and admiration, through thanksgiving, through adoration, I should say, and, and through thanksgiving. And we get into His presence, we seek His face, and we're strengthened. Hebrews 11.4 says this, Without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is. And that He is, God is, a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Seek who? God. God. And what's the reward? Him. Him. I'm not diligently seeking the Lord because I want some stuff. God is not stupid. God's not stupid. How many of you know you know, when you get that phone call and someone's talking real sweet to you 
that you haven't heard from for in a little while. Come on. Hey, how you doing? How have you been? How's it going? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking on the other side. Okay, get to it. What do you? What do you need? Right? And I, and and I, and as and I'm not trying to be flippant or anything, but isn't that what happens? You know, it does. Why do we do that to God? See, if if I can't, well, I'm just going to speak to me. I was going to say you. If you can figure it out with your pea brain, I'm not going to insult you. Let me just say that about me. If I can figure that out with my pea brain. What do you think God knows? Come on, man. I am not looking for Him to bless me. Wait, let me take that back. I am looking for Him to bless me. But I'm not looking for Him to make me rich according to the world's standards. I'm not looking for Him to multiply my goods or possessions. I'm looking for Him. I want more of Him. I want to know Him more. I want to tell you all something. I'm old. Hallelujah! I gave it. I left the door wide open, Michael. I love you, but no. I left the door wide open. No, I'm old, and and see, but even though, and and I've been serving the Lord for a long time, and I, I've missed the mark, and I've, I've I'm not perfect. I have my ups and downs and all that. But I want to tell you, over the last few months or however long it's been, can't. Re- I mean, I find myself over and over again reminding myself because, and I'm, I'm learning it more deeply than I ever have in my whole walk with God, and that is, my life doesn't belong to me. And, and you know what? As soon as I can settle that, everything becomes a little bit more easy. And when I have those moments, uh, sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, that's just the way it is because my life doesn't belong to me. And I know some of you in this room have, have already um, come to realize that. And, and maybe in small ways we all have. But wow, I want to tell you something. It's been a, a, a revelation. And it's not always easy. It doesn't get super easy when you get to be my age and you've served the Lord for 40 years, whatever it's been, I don't even know. Whatever it's been. It doesn't get easier. But I will tell you this much more rewarding. Much more rewarding. Not because things around me have changed, but because things in me have changed. Hallelujah. God is so good. No, He's great. He's awesome. He's beyond good. I learned that during the week. (laughs) Thank you, my brother, wherever you are this morning. Hallelujah. So, we're going to go to Genesis. You don't have to go there, but just I'm going to summarize it, but please, you can check me out later. Please, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit right now out of Genesis chapter 13. Now, you'll remember that, you know, Abraham was called by God and he got up and he went and he made it to Haran and then his, his father passed away because God really told him, you need to get, separate yourself. Go and get, leave your family, leave everything and go. And Abraham got, and got up and went. But his father um, must have heard and, and caught wind of what Abraham was doing. But I don't mean that in a negative way. I think that I, I think it in a positive way. I think that he rec- probably recognized that there was a spiritual something spiritual going on with his son. That's just my uh, opinion. So please, anyway. So when when Abraham's father passed away, then he continued on his journey with God. But now his took he took his brother's son Lot with him. 
So as he's going on his journey with God and he's having fellowship with God and God is making him these promises, he was, about, he was 75 years old when that happened. God is blessing him. God is blessing him. God is growing him in wealth and material possessions. And as a result of Lot's association with Abraham, he also is growing in wealth and in his possessions as well. And, you know, it got so, uh, they, they both became so wealthy as it relates to then wealth is not going to be measured just in, you know, money, although they did have gold, but it's measured in, um, like, the, his livestock. And they both had so much livestock as their herdsmen were gathering, uh, keeping their um, sheep and cattle in the fields, um, there started to be fights among them because of the limited number of the amount of acres or whatever the case may be. So Abraham says to, to Lot, he says, listen, I don't want there to be trouble between us. Man, we're brothers. So here's what, you know, this, this, could, this could come up, you know, really biting us. This could be a family problem. This is Tony language. You're not going to see it written like that. In there when you, this, this could be a problem for us, and I don't want to have any problems. So listen, you, you look up and, and, and you pick. Where do you want to go? If you say you're going to the left, I'm going to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Now, many of us are familiar with this story, but for those who aren't, I just want to read this to you. This is uh, Genesis 13, 10 through 12. And Lot lifted his eyes. Lot lifted his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan. Problem number one. He lifted his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the garden of Eden, like the land of of Egypt as you uh, go toward Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. In, in the King James, that's the New King James, in the, in the King James it says, pitch his tent toward Sodom. The meaning of that is, he pitched his tent, he got up close to Sodom. He was right next to Sodom. He was in a place where obviously he could see it. He was next to it. He was close enough to it. Problem number two. See, so now, my brothers and sisters, understand. Lot made a decision totally based on what he saw. There could have been many things that he could have done. For instance, and and this is Tony. He's blessed because of his association with his uncle. His uncle comes to him. We have this problem. Now, uncle, you pick whatever you want. You know, I'm going to obey you. Or, uncle, how about this? Let's... Let's, uh, let's get the herdsmen together and let's just tell them there's not going to be any of this nonsense or whatever. Any other, he could have honored his uncle. But no, he saw this, he looked up and he saw this as an opportunity. And he took that based on what he saw. Right? Anybody make any decisions like that based on what you saw? And you forgot about maybe the implications or some of those relationships that you have. You forgot about some of those relationships that you're already in and what it might mean to some of those folks around you. Come on now. Problem number two. He pitched his tent in this spot and every day he's looking at Sodom. He's hearing, he's seeing, he's He's looking at what's going on. So we find out then in, as time goes on, there's many things that happen. In fact, you know, Lot gets uh, taken up 
and gets kidnapped and you know Abraham has to go and bail him out and that's when he pays tithes to Melchizedek if you remember after they defeated all those kings he came back and paid tithes to Melchizedek so there's a lot of lot of things happen in between that time and then in chapter 18 you'll see that the angel of the Lord Jesus comes down with two angels and visits Abraham as he's sitting at the door of his tent in the plains of Mamre. And he comes to announce that, you know, in the time of life, Sarah's going to give birth to your son. Sarah, you remember this. Sarah's in the other. She's laughing because she's 99 years old. It ain't happened yet. It ain't going to happen. Right? And she got afraid in the night. She, She laughed. But anyway, having said that, you know, the Lord was there to visit Abraham and to seek to give him the news. And then he says to the other two angels that are accompanying the Lord, he says, should we tell Abraham what else is going to happen? We should tell him because, you know, he's going to be serving us. His, his family is going to serve. He's, he's a special person. We have a covenant with him. We should tell him. So he says that the wickedness of Sodom has come up before him. And he's going to go and, make, and see if it's as wicked as what's being reported to him. And so, he knows. This is when all of us are familiar with this, where now Abraham knows that Lot's in there. And so he starts to intercede with God, with Jesus, for Lot. If there are 50 righteous men, would you destroy it? No, no. So he goes back, he bargains with him. And he's, final, the final outcome is, the Lord sends the two angels to go and warn Lot. Amen? Remember that? Yeah. All right. So now he's, he goes to warn Lot. I'm going to read to you out of verse 1 of chapter 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. My brothers and sisters, this is a problem. This is a problem. Remember, Lot started off toward Sodom. Now he's in Sodom. What happened? Every day he's getting up in the morning and he's looking at Sodom. Every day he's seeing what's going in and out of Sodom. Every day. Then over the year, maybe he makes a visit. Maybe he makes another visit. Maybe he starts conducting some commerce and some trade with some people. Whatever the case may be. But now... Not only is he in Sodom, but he's at the gate of Sodom. So he's either on the town council or he's some... If you read further down, when the wicked people go to get the angels out of his house, they say, this guy came from the outside and now he's acting as a judge to us. So he's sitting at the gate. He's acting as a judge. He's he's a big shot in the town. See, so my brothers and sisters, think about this. This is the one who was blessed because of the covenant that God had with Abraham. He saw the plain and he said, that's what I want. He saw something and he went after it. And then he pitched his tent in the vicinity or close up to Sodom. And because every single day, he's not looking at what the Lord blessed him with. He's not looking and and visiting with his uncle. He's not doing any of those things which brought him all of that wealth and all of that blessing. Looking at something totally different. And then, He becomes and he's influenced by what he sees. 
Now, I didn't expect anybody to jump up and down and say, but let's think about this for a minute. Has that ever happened to you a little bit? Come on, man. My brothers and sisters, this is so plain for us. This is such an example for me, for you, for us. Man, we can't flirt with anything. We can't get close to anything. We can't go ahead and just say, okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to go in there, but I'm going to look. I'm not going to get that close to it, but, you know, after all, Pastor Tony, it's not a sin if I don't partake. It's only a matter of time. What are you putting before your face? What are you looking upon? What has your time? What has your attention? What are you facing every day? Now, we, we know what happens. I mean, these angels, Lot wants to bring them into his house and, and, and give them a meal and all this other stuff. And he says, no, no, no. The, the angels say, no, we'll stay outside. No, no, c- come in, come in. And then, you know, the wicked and evil people want to know them carnally and, and they're coming in and, you know, Lot offers his daughter. I mean, what, what kind of... Come on, man. And I've heard all kind of people try to give all kind of excuses as to why Lot might do that. Well, he knew that they weren't, they didn't prefer, they preferred men, they didn't prefer women. Baloney. Baloney. Lot wasn't keeping his eyes on God. Lot was living a life that was compromised. He was trying to keep everybody happy, keep everybody satisfied, keep his position, and do what he has to do to, in order to keep what he thinks that he now has. They warn him. See, and, 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 and it's, it's so bad. It's so bad after he does that and these men say, no, 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 we want that. That's when they told him, who does this guy think he is? I mean, he came in here from the outside and now he's sitting here as a judge Now, we're going to do worse to you than we were going to do to them. Now, we're we're going to show you something. And so the angels drag him, pull him into the house, as you all know, and then these guys will not give up. They slam the door. These guys, this mob is not giving up, so the angels strike them blind. And then finally, they wear themselves out for trying to find the door, and it's, it's all over. But the angels warn Lot. Get your family, get your sons, get your son-in-laws, get your daughters, whoever, whatever kin you have, get them rounded up because we got to get out of here in the morning. It's all over. <laughs> so it came to pass, Genesis nineteen seventeen. It came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Now look, I know that all of us who have been in church, we know this story. But I want you to see this. And this look, this is direct. This is absolutely direct. This, there, there can't be anything left for interpretation. Well, what do you mean? Don't look behind. Maybe he just meant don't have it. Do not look behind you. Do not look behind you. 1926, but his wife looked back. Behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Hey, enough of that. His wife looked behind. Exactly what she was told not to do. Exactly. Exactly. 
in contradiction to what the Word of God said. Well, I would never do that. You know, I would never, I would never absolutely violate. Please. See, it's, it, man, that's why I'm so glad we're living in grace and because, you know, the Old Testament and, you know, it was so strict back then. Mm-hmm. Read the New Testament. I, I love, I love the way Francis Chan puts it. I just love it. He says, yeah, God really mellowed out. Have you read Revelation? <laughs> I love the way he says that. It's just so true. Have you read Revelation? You know, God got mellow in the New Testament. No. In fact, Jesus raised the bar. No, you, you know, you, you love, your, love your neighbor. No, love your enemy. If you, if you get so angry at somebody, you, you disparage them openly and you have that rage in you, you've committed murder. If you look upon someone with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Jesus raised the bar. Yeah, grace, great. He didn't squash me like a bug yet for all of those things that I did, even though he could have. But he didn't. And he would have been just to do so, but he didn't. Hallelujah. Thank God for grace. And I make a mistake, and he doesn't squash me like a bug. His spirit inside of me, you did that. I'm sorry, Lord. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Grace, that's grace. He's empowered me to realize these things that I'm not supposed to do. He's empowered me to recognize. He lets me see spiritually. He's letting me see these things so I avoid them. And then once, if if, if I miss the mark, He convicts me. The Holy Spirit brings me conviction and I'm able to get it right with my Father. Hallelujah. This is grace. But she looked back. My brothers and sisters, I know that we've, we, we're human. We have these, these, these issues. I've heard you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord kind of recollecting some of the things that they used to do in their past. And it's not always with sorrow. Now, don't get quiet on me. Come on now. And I'm not trying to be a dope. Please forgive me. It's a little warm. listen I'm not trying to be funny and I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody but my brothers and sisters it happens because some of the times especially when it gets tough have you ever said in your heart it was easier when I was in the world come on I'm the only one Because I fit in with the crowd. I wasn't the oddball. It was easy to do what they did. It was easy. There was no... I, and, and listen, before the Holy Spirit convicted me, I didn't... There were some of those little things that I did compared to everybody else. I'm pretty good. So I can get away with all that stuff. I'm just... I'm better than the next guy. But now that the Holy Spirit has convicted me, now that I have Christ in me, He's called me to a different... He, he's called me with a different calling. He's, he's placed a different standard on me. I'm, oh, listen, I'm a royal priest. I, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a special person. I'm, more, I'm part of His holy nation. It's incumbent upon me now to live differently. And sometimes that gets a little bit difficult. Amen? Okay. 
Hallelujah. Impossible without Him. She looked back. I don't want to look back. I don't want to look back on that stuff. I don't want to look back on maybe some of the things that I thought, well, I had to give this up. No, I, I, I trashed it. I blew it off. Why? Because God's got something better for me. Amen? I don't want to look back. There. Why would she look back? What, what, what do you think she, she was looking back for when she was told what was going to happen? It's going to be destroyed and, and, and it's going to happen. Why would she look back? Her, it might be unbelief. Stuff. Man, I just got the new drapes. Man, we just put the new floor in. Golly, man, I have finally had that apartment looking exactly like I wanted it. And now it's going to go up in smoke. And as silly as that sounds, don't we get attached to those things? As silly as that sounds. Look back. Maybe she had some friends. Maybe there were some relationships that she's looking back on and saying, man, I'm going to miss that one. I said it on Wednesday and it was from the Lord because I didn't have anything planned on Wednesday. Man, I want to tell, and I thought it was for the young people, then the Lord stopped me. Holy Spirit stopped me. And I said, no, this is for the older people as well. The Lord spoke to me and someone... Listen, I want to tell you, it was the Holy Spirit for sure. My brothers and sisters, there are certain relationships that we're clinging to, that we're hanging on to, that we know are not helping us, they're in fact hurting us. And then there, even when we, when we break it off, we're going this way and every once in a while, you know, things aren't going well or we get melancholy and we're looking back fondly on those relationships... My brothers and sisters, the Lord is saying, don't look back. Don't look back. That's not advancing you with me. That's, that's holding you back. That's, that's, listen, that's going to keep you from seeing the one that I have chosen for you. So you're going to be judging everybody who you meet according to that one. How they made me feel. No, 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 come on now. No. Oh, I. It's a, no. God's got something better. And it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship that I'm talking about here. You know that. I'm talking about some friends. I'm talking about even some family members that you have to say, listen, I love you, but I can't hang out when you're going and doing that. You know, I love you and you're welcome. I, I, and I'd, I'd love to minister to God to you, but I'm not going to be able to minister or hang out with you when you're doing those things. Or I can't... Are you with me? I'm not saying, you know what? If you don't, if you don't change, I ain't going to be around you no more. You better change, otherwise you're going straight down. I'm not talking about that stuff. Man, fooey on that. Who would want to be around you then? Who would invite you? No. It's got to be, listen, I love you. I want to be around you. I really do. I really do. But there are some lines that that I just can't cross. There are some associations that I can't have. There are some things that I can't continue to gaze upon. Amen? Not because I'm holier than you. Not because I think I'm better than you. In fact, it's because I don't want to be like you. No, don't say that. (laughs) No, in fact, In fact, it's because, listen, 
the thing that's keeping me from that is what I have to gaze upon. I, I got st- to stay with Jesus because, you know, I could be that except for His grace, except for His glory, except for His love, except for the eyes that He's placed in me to see. Come on now. Hallelujah. But, no, and, and no, listen, I want to talk to you now about Elijah and Elijah. Because this is, I, I really, this is, this blows me away. And I hope it, it ministers to you like it ministers to me. In 1 Kings 19, beginning in verse 19, it says, Elijah found Elisha, the son of Shephath, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw the mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. So now, now I, I like picturing stuff. I'm going to go ahead and just... So, so this, is what, this is to me how this reads. Elijah is passing by, and Elijah... Now, let me just preface this context. God has already instructed Elijah that he was to anoint Elisha. Okay? Along with two other kings. But he anointed Elijah to be his, a prophet. And so he's walking and he found him. And he's walking. And the way I read this, and I believe this to be true, that he's walking. And as he's walking, he takes his cloak and keeps walking. Now, look what it says. Elijah, Elijah left, ran after him, and told him, I'm going to kiss my parents, I'm going to bid them farewell, and I'm going to follow you. He knew exactly what it meant. Oh, this divine revelation. It was probably, he was probably already had part in the school of the prophets. He probably did know exactly what it meant. He, he knew exactly what it meant. But my brothers and sisters, Elijah keeps going. And then stop and have a conversation. Boom. Okay. We got work to do. We got to go. But, I, I, but, but now Elijah, he says, I, listen, let me go. I'm going to go and kiss my parents goodbye and then I'll follow you. And then he says, this is Elijah, he says, he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? For what have I done to you? Now this is curious. What is he saying? Go back again. Hey, go back again. This, th- listen, go back again. The ball's in your court. This is between. This is a calling of God. This is not me. You you don't need to. You don't need to check this out with me. This is not about me. This is a calling of God. You got you. Hey. Remember, you, yeah, go back. But remember, this is a calling of God. This is not about Elijah. You know what this means. <laughs> Come on now. My brothers and sisters, listen. When I'm ministering, when you're ministering, when we're, when we're living the life, it's not about us winning people to the Lord. It's about the Lord winning people to Himself through us. I can't win anybody to the Lord. But, hallelujah, praise Him. I can't understand it, 
But I just know it is what it is, and I'm so thankful to Him, who is the Ancient of Days, who knew the end from the beginning. He's he's designed it this way. You're going to partner with me. I'm going to use you to do my will. Hallelujah. I'm going to be glorified in you. You're going to experience something. We're going to walk with me. We're going to go from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. We're going to go from glory to glory. We're going to. I'm going to use you. I could do it any way I want to. Tony, I can make everybody love me just with the snap of my finger. But I don't do it that way because love, you have to have a choice. I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm going to show them how much I love them by the love that you have for them. Hallelujah. The invisible God is going to make Himself visible through you. Hallelujah. I can't win anybody to God. This is not about me. It's not about Elijah. It's about God. Okay, go back. I didn't do anything. I mean, it's got nothing to do with me. Go ahead, do what you think is best. Go ahead. So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he rose and followed Elijah and became his servant. You know what I love? I love this. Elijah got it. He got it. What does that mean? To, oh my God. Do you see what he said? Okay, this life is over. This life is over. I ain't coming back to this. Well, how can I come back? I killed the oxen, fed it to the people. And I even burnt the yokes. I can't come back anyway. I don't want to come back. I don't mean to come back. I will never come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is looking for that. I am not turning back. I'm not looking back. I'm called by God. You're called by God. He loves you. He's placed His Spirit in you. He's using you to do His will, to do His work. Ah! The awesome God. He used little old Tony. I can't believe that. And if He could use me, He could use anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read to you a little bit. When I was reading this, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, this doesn't, this doesn't drive, because Jesus said something else in Luke. Check me out later. In Luke chapter 9. Now it happened as the journey to, down the roads, someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have the air and have nests. Birds of the air have the nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said to him, Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I will follow you. But see, there was a little difference here. And, and I want to say, I've noticed this difference. Now, I'm going to, not going to stand here and tell you, thus saith the Lord. I'm saying to you, Jesus didn't say anything to him. But this person said to him, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You've already heard a word. See, you've already heard a word. There's, there's already something working in you. And now you're saying, Well, let me go back yonder. Let me go back and you know, see what my family is all about. Let me go back and say, mm, No, 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 no. You've already started in this direction. You've already started down this path. 
That doesn't mean that they're nothing, you can't have affection for them, but they have to be second. Remember, Jesus has to be preeminent in all things. Is that what's happening? Tony, is that what's happening in your life? Come on, is that what's happening? I, I, I saw that and said, God, this is a little... Why would, why would you let um, Elijah do that? Because Elijah went back, already counted the cost. And that, that would be, if you look at it in Luke, where Jesus is talking about, you know, who would go ahead and start building a tower without counting the cost first. If they start to build, they get the foundation up and they don't have enough money to finish, then they're going to be made fun of. Look, he started to build it. It didn't count the cost. How about this? The king goes out and makes sure that he can go ahead and fight the army. So he sees what's going on first and then wonders if he should go ahead and make some kind of a, a treaty so that he don't go out and fight. Count the cost. Count the cost count the cost. Elijah already knew what the cost was going to be. He went back there and he burned it all. He went back to burn it. (laughs) In this story in the New Testament, he didn't go back to burn it. No, Elijah went back to burn it. It was done. It's over. I'm burning it. I'm giving it to them and I'm leaving. I'm feeding them with it and then I'm leaving. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, God pulled me out of the miry clay uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, 1982. No, 1981, excuse me. In 1981, he pulled me out of the miry clay. Man, it hasn't been all peaches and cream since then. But one thing I will tell you for a certain, I ain't going back. I am not going back. And then when he called me to ministry, there is no doubt in my mind, I got to go forward. A lot of bumps and bruises. A lot of problems. A lot. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Jesus already promised me that. I'm in, Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. And some of you, same. Same. Hallelujah. God has never left you. Even in those tough times when you thought, is this worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Then you came to yourself and you said, yes, it's worth it. Every bit of it. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? No, he's great. He's awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you for my friend, wherever you are. Hallelujah. So I'm gonna, let me read to you a little bit. Can you hang on just a little while longer? I got a few minutes. You okay? No one's sleeping? And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah into heaven, up in a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. I'm thinking, well, why would Elijah say that? You know, stay here, I'm going. No, no, no. Elijah says, no, no, no. As the Lord lives and as you live, I'm never going to leave you. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha, and they said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over, from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Shut up. <laughs> Tony language, he said, Keep, keep silent. I, if it was Tony, I said, Shut up. Why? That, that would be my, Shut up. I don't need to hear that. I don't need to hear that. I already know it. I'm, trying not to, I'm not trying not to meditate on that. I'm going to keep serving Him. I'm not going to be tempted that 
you know, this is my time or it's time to find another master. I'm not going to be tempted with anything like that. I'm going to keep going and fulfill the calling that God has on me. This man is one who I serve, one who I love. I am not going nowhere. So shut up. I'm sorry if that offended anybody, but that's just the way it is. Then Elijah said to him, Elijah, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me out to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master then uh, from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know. Shut up. Keep silent. I know. I don't need for you to tell me that. This is a, a solemn thing. This is, this is an important thing. God has ministered to me. God has ministered through him to me. That's my, that's, that's my master. God has, has, has shown me himself through this man. I'm going to serve him till the very end. I'm not going nowhere. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to, onto the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went out and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle. Should I pop that? Now Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. Elijah said, Please, let me a double portion of your spirit upon me. My brothers and sisters, do you hear that? Do you hear that? If he would have left him, he would have never been able to make that request. He made the request. I'm going to leave it there. You guys know the story. He made the request. There's, uh, I believe it's 16 recorded miracles that Elijah did. Elijah did 32 recorded. Double. God is awesome. But he didn't turn back. And because he didn't turn back, even, even when other people are saying, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. People who you know, have a form of godliness. And I'm not saying that these prophets weren't real prophets. I'm just saying, though, look at how we have, look at how we operate in this modern era in Christendom. We listen to this one. We listen to that one. We're moved this way and we're moved that way. Come on now. Come on now. I'm ministering to somebody. Holy Spirit is ministering to somebody. I'm moved this way. I heard this. I'm moved this way. I I heard that. I'm moved this way. Am I making this up? No. No. God has sent me here and here is where I'm going. God has planted me here and there is where I will be. That's where... His purpose and plan is. That's, where he, what's, that's what he called me to. And that, listen, that double portion, whatever it is, it's there. But because I chased something else, you know what? You know what he says? 
He said, if you see me taken up into the whirlwind, then you're going to get it. Isn't that what he said? Somebody back me up. John, isn't that what he said? If you see me taken away, then you'll receive it. What was he looking at? What was he looking for? Your master is going to be taken from you. Say, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. I'm going with him. Elijah, now stay back. Nope, I'm going with you. I'm going with him. Okay, you stuck it out. Now, if you stick it out just a little bit longer, that which you've requested will be given. If you see, if you see, if you look upon, if you're gazing upon, if you're watching, you're going to see me taken up. And when he was taken up, his mantle fell. The mantle fell. Elisha picked up the mantle. And one of the first things he did was roll up that mantle, call upon the, the, the God of Elijah. He struck the Jordan and it parted just like it did for Elijah. And he walked through. My brothers and sisters, where are you? What are you looking at? What are you looking for? Are you looking for that next big thing so that would, it would change everything for you? You're looking for that next move of the Spirit. You're looking for that next, or you're waiting, and if you see this, it's going to change everything for you. No. Stay the course. Keep looking at Jesus. Be diligent. Seek Him diligently, and He will reward you. Seek Him diligently. Listen, if, if you're waiting for that next thing, then where's faith? Where's faith? No, faith says, I'm seeking you diligently right where you planted me, right where you told me to look, and even though I don't see it with my natural eyes right this minute, I'm trusting you, I'm believing in you, and I will see it because you said I will see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we're giving up. We're looking at these things that are around us and we're being influenced by these things that are around us. And just maybe, who knows, maybe that blessing was about to pour out on me and I just went ahead and I made the wrong move at the wrong time because I was moved by my natural eyes. But it doesn't look good, Tony. It doesn't feel good. We walk by faith not by sight. I'm going to diligently seek Him. He always looks good. He is always God. He is always beautiful. He is always pure. He is always trustworthy. He is always God. So if I don't have anything else to look at, I'm going to look at Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. Praise team, come back. Hey, listen, I want to, I'm not asking, this is not an altar call. Here's what it is. It's, a little bit later than I thought. We're going to sing a song, but I want to pray with you. 